check the tape. We're recording this late Sunday night, April 28th. I'm Ari Atari. Justin Moskal is on the line like he is whenever we do this in the week. We're back to Sundays, like what was the original plan. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, I kind of forced your hand. We had to watch some Thrones. and. Uh... Yeah, I, I wanted to do this without the Thrones because I don't, I didn't think we were going to be able to cover everything in a timely manner. So I'm like, yeah, we should probably just cut it out. Yeah, but yeah, the Thrones are important. Well, gotta, we might still... Captured. We might still cut it out, so... Yeah, you are uh, very excited, so we'll leave that. Yeah, or it might go too long with all the basketball stuff. But yeah, we're going to talk NBA playoffs, second round has started, um, Avengers, NFL Draft, and Game of Thrones. We'll see if we can get to all of it. I don't think we will, but... Um, let's just start right away, because I want to... There's a lot, a lot of ground to cover, right? Oh, yeah. Um... So our last podcast was like midway through the first round. We did it on Thursday. Now we're going to be going back to Sundays, hopefully every Sunday. Um, that's the plan. But so the second round has started and we can start off with the Warriors rocket series. Yeah. And that series started off today. Warriors win game one back and forth game. Durant, Harden both go off. Eric Gordon is a big game. Steph Curry had a quiet game, but had the big three towards the end. But the big storyline coming out of this game is the officiating and those landing zone calls or whatever you want to call them. The same thing that happened with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Zaza Petrulia two years ago in the West Finals. Spurs were up by 20-something. Kawhi goes out on one of those plays, gets injured on one of those plays. Zaza goes under him. And then the Warriors come back, sweep the Spurs to win that series. But there was a bunch of those on Houston today that people were saying, oh, the refs didn't call this. They should have. Houston got robbed. There's nothing more fun than uh, coming out of a playoff game and that went back and forth and having people complain about the officials. There's really nothing like it. Oh, yeah. And it, that's the thing about the close games, too, is it always seems like it comes down to the officials, which in in turn it really doesn't, which – I mean, I guess tonight it kind of did, and watching the highlights back, a couple of those you're just like, all right, how do you not call that? But you have to be on either side of that call. You know what I mean? Like, you can't right. – it's either all or nothing. Like, you have to call all those fouls now or none of them. So, and it, it, when you get into that area, it's, it, it gets bad. So this is reminds me of uh, the NFC Championship game from this year in a way with people just complaining about the call, blah, 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 blah. It's like – can we stop with this? I'm so sick of any time like anything doesn't go remotely right. We always got to go to officiating, officiating. I'm sick of it. Like games aren't dedic- aren't decided on one call. And I know this wasn't one call. This was multiple. But how about Houston just giving two technical fouls? Like Chris Paul and Dan Tony both got called on some in like a key stretch there. That's two points right there. How about Houston not calling the timeout with well, once they got the offensive rebound? Too. Especially in the playoffs, just giving away points on technical fouls. Like, yeah, I never understood this uh, logic that people said, "Oh, well, he got the tech." Now the team's motivated. The team's going to be going. Uh, the team, if the team needs their coach to get a technical foul to get motivated, I don't know what that says about the team. Exactly. But I ha- always hated that logic. To me, Golden State was better today, and I know it went back and forth, back and forth. But they were they out rebounded the hell out of Houston today. Capella was garbage. Yeah, he was real bad. And that was our, that was, I guess it was your, was it your X Factor? Or it was either both of our X Factors or one of our X Factors for this I series. I don't remember saying, this, but... Well, yeah, because Boogie was out. And we said this last time. We are saying, I don't know, Capella is going to play a big part because he's, you know, stepped up and played well. And he just laid an egg. I don't think I said that. But the rebound margin, uh, Houston at 26, Golden State had 38 so plus 12 rebound margin for the Warriors felt like they were getting everything Curry out rebounded Capella it's never good yeah it's never a good sign never a good sign PJ Tucker zero points see that's the thing you just look back and it's just always the same it's always hard and going crazy and then a chip in from Gordon or Chris Paul and it it's not gonna work and we've said this for a while and Durant's so, just shown the, how good he is. It's crazy. The one thing with this series, which is 
different than the Warriors Rockets West Finals from last year was Iguodala was injured for that Golden State series. I think after game one or two, I don't remember exactly how many games he missed, but when he got injured, you know, he started today. The Warriors couldn't play that five-man lineup with him as the fifth guy with their four All-Stars, right? And when they did that, Capella was actually able to play in this series. But now when the Warriors went super small with their death lineup, whatever you want to call them, the Hampton Five, they, they, um, there's no room for Capella anymore. Like Capella's just, you just can't bring him out there. They benched him at one point for Daniel House Jr. Yeah, and the thing is, he'll just get torched and on both ends of the floor, really. And when you don't rebound the ball, when they have that lineup in, what the hell are you out there for? And Houston used to be able to match this when they had Ariza as their fifth guy to go along with Tucker Gordon, CP3, and Harden. Now they don't have that. I mean, House isn't anything eh, anything special. So that hurts them. And the fact that when Capella's in there, he can't even get rebounds. He can't really do anything. He was He was useless. Him and Tucker, that's two out of your five starters, just not giving you anything. Four points combined between them. And when Amon Shumpert gives you 21 points in a playoff game, it's not good. I mean, 21 minutes. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say. The only, the only guys they had in double figures were Harden, Paul, and Gordon. Yep. So that was the main takeaway for me for Houston. Two of their starters just didn't even contribute. Show up, yeah. Yeah. And then the Warriors, you know, out of their five guys, everybody had a de- – Curry didn't have a good game up to his standards. He had that big three down the end. Uh, but Durant was on another level – and this has me at this. And they were all very efficient, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you look at his stats, he was 11 for 25, which eh, wasn't the best, but wasn't the worst. He was just, it seemed like he was just hitting a variety of shots. Like he and could then he the went post 12 and 15 up. from yeah. the free throw, too, which at that point, when he's going to the free throw line 15 times, it's bad for the opponent. So Houston's down by five. Harden gets the and one, right? He just goes all the way. They're down by two. Curry comes and hits the big three. Then Harden, they give him a clear lane to the basket, right? They give up they, they give up the two and because they just don't want him shooting a three. He just blows by, dunks it, down by three. Golden State turns it over. Houston has the ball back. Down three, one possession left. They could tie it. And then they just, they miss. And that's the call everybody says, oh, that's the call they missed on Harden on the three. But then how about they got the offensive rebound and just turned it over? Yeah, like that's where the the foul thing always comes back into play too. There's always like three or four other plays before or after that foul that happens where everyone complains about it that it's like, well, if the team doesn't do this and that doesn't even matter. It's like the Saints thing. So they, when they had the pass interference that wasn't called on third down, well, they threw it on first down when they could have just ran it and ran the clock down. Right, exactly. So this is the same thing in this game. They got the ball back. They had a timeout. They could have done something, but then Chris Paul and everyone's panicking, and they just turn it over. I'm like, yeah, you're on this edge of the court without any room. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know if D'Antoni was calling for the timeout or not, but... Whenever there's that chaos and whatever, how can you feel good about that? Exactly. And then, Chris, like you said, with the Chris Paul technical, and it just unraveled from there. So I know, yeah. So I know Houston's got to be heartbroken. That was a big, bad way to lose. But for the rest of the series, you know, a lot of people liked Houston coming in. That was like the uh, the sneaky upset pick. Everybody liked them. They're on revenge. I never bought into it. I just thought Warriors are so much better. It's and that's not like me saying anything intelligent or smart. I think it's just an obvious statement. And I think the Warriors are still going to win this series. They have Iguodala, who they didn't have last year, and he looked really good. And he's been playing really well the last couple of games. And they have home court, which Houston had last year and still couldn't win, even though it was the Chris Paul thing. Whatever. I'm I'm going Golden State all the way, and them winning Game One definitely helps. Yeah, and the thing about it is, I'm going to obviously stay with the Warriors also, but the thing about it, the Rockets just need to win the next one, in my opinion, and the series is on. 
Like they, someone always says, Siri doesn't start until somebody wins one on the road. So, but yeah, I'll probably go Warriors. In yeah, six, but in six. Even if they did win this one, I ha- I can't see them winning three. I can't. So then the logic would be they'd have to win the next three, go up three one, right? Yep. They'd have to steal one on the road and defend their home court. So if they go up 3-1, let's say they lose game five back in Golden State and then close it out in Houston, game six, you really think Houston's going to beat this team four out of the next five games? No way, right? No way. So that means it's going to be at least tied, best case scenario for Houston, 2-2 coming out. I can't see Golden State dropping the next two in a row. Best case scenario for Houston, they push this to a game seven in Golden State. And how in the world is anyone? Just hope for the best, yeah. Yeah, and how in the world is anyone going to pick against the Warriors game seven in their home court? (laughs) Nobody would. I can promise you that. So if you really just like boil it down to that, no chance Houston wins this series. Yeah, when you break it down to a uh, you know on paper, obviously. Yeah. Pretty tough. No, they needed this one. I'm sorry, but you just can't give games like that away to Golden State. Like you actually, that was. I don't want to say must win because that's like a sports talk radio cliche, but like that was as big as a game as there was. You just every game is big. It's like that uh, that Cleveland series last year when they had the J.R. Smith blunder. Yep. You just that's can't exactly give, what I was about to say. Yeah, you just can't give those games away. Nope. So there, it's over for Houston. And I hate the game one overreaction, but. I don't think this is an overreaction because I thought Golden State was the better team coming in. I thought Houston had a chance and, you know, so on and so on. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Let's go to the uh, let's just move on. We got we got a lot. We got lots to do. We got lots to do. My, my Celtics. <laughs> let's talk about them real quick. Um, I'll let you game, go on. Your yeah, I'll go on a little. I'll go on a little thing. I thought it was a <laughs> great game plan. They literally played the. Uh, Stop Giannis. Everyone else, let's let them beat us. They anytime Giannis had the ball, all the attention was drawn to him. They would build the wall. Uh Al Horford. I love Al Horford in the playoffs. He's just he takes it up to another level. Defensively, him and Kyrie on that pick and pop game is incredible. Those they, blocks he had on Giannis, sorry to stop you, but the those two blocks, in a row. Oh my god. Those are man blocks, man. That was crazy. Yeah. And uh, it was so, but Milwaukee didn't really have like a game plan. Like we were up 15 at some point in the second quarter, and then they just everybody started hitting threes. Miritich, Middleton, I think George yeah, Miritich was, was pulling from deep. Yeah, and then they were able to cut it back down, and then we in the third quarter just went on a run. Kyrie Horford, the pick pop game was lethal. It just seemed. I don't know. You could tell me this better, obviously. It just seemed like last year's team with Hayward and Kyrie, you know, like the yeah, team and it's Hayward, supposed to be. Hayward is, he's just been, he's, he's, he's the same Hayward again. He's the Utah Hayward, the guy who we thought we were giving this max contract to. He's, you know, p- making plays, uh, handling the ball, going to the basket. He's doing all the things that we were hoping to get out of him. I actually thought that he should have started this series because it didn't make sense to start Baines and Horford given their lineup. Like what Baines is going to guard Brooke Lopez. Come on. Um, so, and so I thought they would start Hayward, but they actually ended up starting Marcus Morris and going with that sort of a small ball lineup. I guess they just like the idea of, of Hayward coming off the bench against second units and running the show as our like secondary ball handler. But no, the plan was just to like literally clog the lane and bring guys all over to Giannis whenever you got the chance. Giannis was actually hitting threes this game. Yeah, I think yeah, he, had, he he hit like two in a row. Three, yeah, he hit two in a row and he had one in the third quarter. Um he was, w- their game put the Celtics game plan was almost and I, this is almost like disrespectful to Giannis, but when they play the 76ers and when they kind of just like let Ben Simmons have what he has to have, and then if he once he gets low, there's like like four people there, and I just make a decision. Yeah, and they so, had this same game plan against Milwaukee because they played Milwaukee in the first round last year, and it was the same kind of game plan: build the wall, bring all the attention to Giannis. But it was a lot easier to do that because Milwaukee didn't emphasize the three ball as much as they did, um, and their coach was a moron who didn't really know how to <laughs> adapt. But 
I was surprised. I thought Milwaukee was going to be able to adapt and adjust, and I think they will in this second game. I think Milwaukee is going to actually win this second game pretty easily. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. If they don't, it's going to get ugly. Well, if they don't, it's over. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like over, over. But the thing is, is even from the tip, it just looked like Kyrie was just ready. He was just – he had like that fire in his eye. He yeah, he just, can get his shot off whenever he wants. Oh, yeah. He's not worried about – and, you know, he was – he drove me insane this season with a lot of the post-game – interviews, whatever, whatever. It, it wasn't enjoyable all the time, but God, that guy is special. And, you know, I wrote about this, and we can mention this more when I get to the uh, when we get to the other Eastern Conference series with Philadelphia and Toronto, but there's a lot at stake for these East teams. Like, Milwaukee, you know, it's not all, you know, it was a great season. They won 60 games. Giannis, feel-good story, whatever, whatever. Well, if they lose this series, let's say Middleton leaves, let's say... I don't know. They have to. Brogdon gets a big contract, and they don't feel like spending all the money for him. Brooke Lopez could leave. This team could just lose a bunch of its talent and be stuck with Giannis and Bledsoe essentially. Yeah, and two pretty, uh, one, at least one big contract there. And the thing is, is who are they gonna get to go to Milwaukee? Yeah, exactly. Maybe Jabari Parker can come back. <laughs> Maybe get uh, I don't know who else was a famous, but Michael Red. Let's get him that's, back. That's where I was about to go. Let's go is, I wonder what he's got to be like forty-five now. He's got to be playing in China, I think. Right? <laughs> he definitely did. That's a fact. I feel like he did. Yeah. Uh, totally. Do you think Darren Williams is playing in Turkey still? Darren, do you think he went Williams. back? Darren, Darren Williams is definitely playing basketball. Well, I remember Darren Williams when we had the lockout. He uh he had the stint in Turkey. And he was, like, the greatest player ever. He scored, like, 50 points every game, I think. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, Darren Williams. Like, I think they retired his jersey. I think they retired his jersey. <laughs> and he played, like, maybe seven games there. Legend, Darren Williams. Yeah. Darren Williams, legend in uh, the Turkish League, and Kyrie Irving, legend at Duke. They both played, like, nine games there. Um <laughs> But no, speaking of the Duke legend Kyrie Irving, he was on another level. He has not lost a playoff game since being a member of the Boston Celtics. Are you aware of this? Yeah, it's a crazy stat. That's a crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one, right? Came up with it myself. Oh yeah! Wow. I mean, so and Gordon Hayward, since he's been a member of the Boston Celtics, never lost a playoff game. They should just retire now. Yeah, go out, go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's not much else to say. Jalen Brown had a pretty good game. Tatum was garbage. He kept shooting those mid-range jumpers again that were so annoying. I I don't. And <laughs> Milwaukee, I don't know. I don't know what the adjustment's going to be. I'd utilize Middleton a little more. Celtics have never been able to stop him. He's always kind of had our number, and they don't have Marcus Smart to guard him this series. Which he's Marcus Smart's always kind of been the best defender we've had for Middleton. I don't know. I would I would imagine they go to Middleton more. But one of the biggest problems with Milwaukee has always been they've never had that second star. And that's kind of one thing we've been saying with them this season, no matter how good things were this season, is like they don't have that second guy. Toronto has Siakam, or we thought it was going to be Lowry for Toronto. Boston has all these other guys. They could go Kyrie, Horford, Hayward, Tatum, Brown. It doesn't matter. Um, even though Tatum and Brown aren't stars yet, they're stars in the making. Uh, Philadelphia, they have all those guys there. Milwaukee doesn't have that second bona fide star, and that's gonna. I I thought that was gonna be a problem in the playoffs, and that's why I chose Toronto to actually win the East before the playoffs started, because I just didn't trust Milwaukee's second unit. Plus, they don't have the experience in the playoffs. This is their first time in the second round. This group with Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe, and like you said, with how you don't trust them, they kind of just at least this game, they kind of seem to just feed like overuse Giannis and I know it's not really overusing him by because he needs the ball so much but at some point someone has to do something yeah but they were yeah they were playing right to the Celtics plans I mean he had he had 22 points eight rebounds that's not bad when you just look at it but for him it is Mm -hmm. so I don't know we'll see the adjustment I think they're gonna start using Middleton more um they're gonna Bledsoe is gonna have to have a big game after only scoring six points 
Yeah. He's, uh, he's got to do something. And they could use Malcolm Brogdon, who they don't have. Yeah, that's very true. All right. But I still I like Boston's chances. I like that they won this one. They actually tripled. They won one road game on the playoffs last year. And this was a team that made game seven of the Eastern Conference finals last year. They won that one road game in Philadelphia that it actually took them to overtime to win. And now they've already won the two road games in Indiana, one in Milwaukee. So I don't know what to make of this Celtics team. Yeah, the Celtics don't lose at home. So yeah, they didn't lose a home, a single home game in the playoffs last year until game seven against Cleveland, which was in uh TD garden. But you know, they're a good home team. And they, they already stole took the road game, so I, I I'm feeling really good of our chances. And Tuesday night, uh, we could really put our uh, put our foot on their neck. Yeah, there you so, go. All right, next game. We're flying through, but hey, we got lots to cover. Toronto. I'm not, I don't even have time to make like a clever segue. I just gotta I just gotta go. <laughs> just gotta just go. Gotta go. The uh, the uh, the other uh, the other East team, uh, or East series. Sorry, I just like. Couldn't even speak there for a second. Whatever. Should I leave I that in? It, I mean, absolutely. But I guess it is East team because I think this series is over, by the way. So Toronto-Philly. I like Toronto. Oh, before we go to that, prediction for the Boston-Milwaukee one. Are you going to pick Milwaukee still or what? Yeah, I'll stick with it. I don't remember what I said, but I was. I think I said six or seven. I'll stick with it. It's yeah, I don't be seven now. I don't but. even think I picked something for this series, and I still won't just because it's the Celtics. Actually, you know what? I hate when Herb Street doesn't pick stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'll make him. Even I, I get it. He has to call the games, whatever. I just hate watching that. I hated when I used to watch that show because I don't watch college football anymore, and he would uh, just not make a pick. And they then, go through like thirty picks, and he gets to the very last one. It's yeah, like the biggest game, and he's like, "Yep, I can't do this one." But yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Celtics. I I think maybe six. Yeah, I'll give you six. If you asked me before game one, I don't know what I would have said. So, I think this, I if the Celtics win this, it's in six. So yeah. Uh, Toronto Philly. So Toronto game one. This was a pretty easy game to just kind of uh, to explain. Kawhi and Siakam just went off, and no one on Philly went off. This series is over. So Kawhi Leonard's the best player in this series. That's pretty good, right? I think it's by far. Where would you rank him amongst the current players? So you'd have Durant ahead of him, right? Mm-hmm. Harden? Yeah. Giannis? Yeah. Curry? Uh, probably. Those are the only ones I would say are ahead of him. And I don't even know. Like, if Giannis just keeps struggling, I mean, I wouldn't say he was struggling, but if Giannis can't get past this Celtics team and loses in round two, I'd have a hard time putting him ahead of Kawhi, right? With all of Kawhi's postseason success. Well, I was going to say him and, and Steph. And it, I won't go to, as far to say that Durant is carrying the Warriors. But, like, Steph has these games where he does that, like he did, like he did today. where Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. Yes, I'd agree with that. It's not even... I don't even think it's that close. He... Uh, There's we're, nothing... We're getting, we're getting into Kevin Durant with the Raptors and the Sixers, but... Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yes, he is. The but other thing... Kawhi, yeah. That's exactly... Kawhi... Kawhi can be better than Steph just because, the, the like, we're looking at it, the Raptors need Kawhi, you know what I'm saying? Like... The uh, Warriors have all of that, but I just don't know about like head-to-head, one-on-one. Well, that's not how we judge the players, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he was so good, forty-five points. I think it was forty-five exactly. He he just couldn't miss. I mean, it was he could get it any shot he wanted. He just looked like he was completely outplaying. I mean, he was completely outplaying all those guys, but it looked like they didn't even belong on the same court as him. The thing about Philly is they don't have any depth. Right? None. So they don't have depth, first off. And then they have all these guys. They're, all they have is their starting five. And those guys don't play too well together. And there's never a scenario where they're all playing well or all having a good game or all contributing. Like, one to two of those guys every game is always going to suck. Just, like, looking at their roster, it's just a bunch of, like, jumbled up players yeah. thrown together. Yeah. Like, you have... Going to the depth, 
you said like they don't have depth, which I, obviously I agree with. Yeah. But they play like twelve players, but they all suck. James no, Ennis. Not, yeah, it's not depth when the players suck. Corkmaz. Yeah, James Ennis a minus eighteen. Not and then, good. Um, Jimmy Butler wasn't good that game. And he does that too, which is why he's not a. Why would you want to ride him in the playoffs? He's like so hot and cold; it's crazy. Yeah, this team never fit well together. And then this was an awful matchup for them. You know, Toronto went out and got Marcus All for Philadelphia potentially, and having yeah, Embiid. That he works Embiid. He, yeah, he really. I don't uh, think Embiid really like does cardio. By the way. No, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't think Embiid. Like, if we went laser tagging, like, let's say it was a bunch of us, how, would Embiid be the worst one there given his height and his lack of conditioning? Yeah, he would just sit there. Joel Embiid would be the worst laser tag player of all time. I heard this story on a podcast I was listening to. They uh, brought, like, a nutritionist in for Embiid one time. And they, brought, you know, they got, like, stockpiled his fridge with fruit and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And a month later, they came back. It was just all filled with fruit and stuff. It was just rotten. Oh, you need it? Nope, none. <laughs> he just keeps eating fast food. Yeah, the guy's conditioning is just... He always looks tired, you know what I mean? His post-game interviews, he's winded. And can we stop saying, oh, well, he's hurt. Oh, well, he's hurt. He had like 30-something that one game against the Nets. I mean, is he just always going to be hurt? Yeah, and then that's the thing with Paul George, and this will be a good segue because I want to briefly talk about OKC while we talk about the Denver-Portland series. Mm -hmm. Um, But Paul George is another guy. They're like, oh, he was hurt. Well, he had like 26-1 game, and then now we're going to blame him on injury. He had the uh, go-ahead. I think he had the shot to tie it, or I think that shot to go up two against Portland a couple plays before Lillard hit that three from the logo at the buzzer. So what, we're just going to... uh, Say he's hurt whenever it's convenient. I hate that, but and not to bring back the Warriors too, but we do that with Curry also. We do that with Curry all the time. We did it the year they lost to Cleveland. It was like, oh, he was hurt in the finals. I'm like, well, what about when he dropped thirty in one of those games? You know what I mean? Was he hurt then? Picking and choosing. Yeah, you're either. Uh, I think it once it's the playoffs. If you're, and I'm sounding like one of those old guys who always says, <laughs> but once you're on the court in the playoffs, enough. No more excuses. Yep, agreed. So your guy Siakam though had a really good game as well. He's been so good. He if we had to rank forwards, okay? Mhm. Like just forwards in the NBA. Here's who I have who's better than him. Are you ready? I'm ready. Giannis. Yep. Paul George. Mhm. LeBron James. Mhm. Kevin Durant. Mhm. Kawhi Leonard. Mhm. And then a healthy Blake Griffin. I was waiting for him. I thought you were going to leave him off. Notice how I had to say healthy Blake Griffin. (laughs) Other than that, I think Siakam's Siakam's the seventh best forward in the league. And you might say, ah, seventh, that's not that much. But think about it. There's a lot of forwards in the league. Yeah. But he does it all. Toronto has the two of the top seven forwards in the league, if you think about it. Yeah. Pretty good. They need to get rid of Kyle Lowry. That's not that's here nor there. Well, I think if Kawhi leaves, they'll trade him and try. I don't know. There were talks when they wanted to trade that they wanted to trade at the deadline. Uh, Lowry and somehow managed to get Mike Conley to be his replacement. Which I would like a lot more than Lowry. But here's my question. If the Raptors and the Celtics both win their series and then obviously one of them goes to the finals, is that a battle to keep one of their their star players yeah that's that's an interesting uh that's an interesting thing i was thinking about this too i think so let's say they're playing in the conference finals and we're jumping ahead a little bit but i think at that moment in time toronto would actually need to win their series more than boston would to keep their star i agree i agree 100 percent. yeah because Kyrie knows okay I made to the conference final. Like, we're, we're still there. And Boston could always still go get Anthony Davis. Yep. The Raptors... The Raptors make the finals. I think he stays. I think that's pretty much a lock, honestly. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, so, we both, like... Uh, 
Toronto to win this series. I had Toronto, and you know, this isn't a, oh, they won game one. Of course, you guys are picking all the teams that won game one. Just want to point out, I had like have said multiple times, the Warriors are winning the title. This is over, blah, blah, blah. I'm a Celtics guy, so I can't really pick against the Celtics unless I really think they're going to lose. And I didn't think they were going to lose to Milwaukee. I had a good feeling based off how we played them last year and how they didn't have a second guy. And then Toronto, I picked to make the finals coming out of the East before the playoffs started. Basically biased, but unbiased all at the same time. The Sixers are not beating Toronto. No. And, yeah, not even not a chance. Nope. All right, moving well, on. Yeah, we just picked all the teams that already won game one. People, If people listen to this, they're just going to say, oh, of course you guys are saying that. But the thing is, is like, I, I mean, I didn't – I'm still picking – uh, Milwaukee, and oh. the other the other two series are just kind of no brainers. Like the Warriors are going to win. Yeah, it's not even a pick for Toronto as much as it is like who believes in Philly. Exactly, and that hopefully it's nobody. Yeah. So okay, what's next? What do we have? A little preview of the uh, Portland Denver. So, okay, let's do this quick because I think this is the series that people care the least about. Yeah, people love Dame, though, now. So let's just talk about him. I want to talk about him. Like, he had the big game against OKC in Game 5, hits the three from the logo. Uh, and OKC, like, what a – what a uh, I don't even know how to describe that situation. You lose Durant, and then the next three years you get bounced out of the first round three years in a row. I don't know what you do. And you brought in Paul George and you still couldn't get out. He had this MVP-like year. And some people want to blame it on injury. I don't want to blame it on injury when he scores over 25 points a game. Um, but it's like, what are you going to do if you're OKC? I guess the flip side of it is Portland had all these years when they were getting bounced out of the first round, especially last year when they got swept by New Orleans. Yeah, and... So it was like a battle of somebody has to win a series final. Yeah, but now Portland's in a prime situation to make the Western Conference Finals. And that's what I was about to segue into is I don't know if or how this injury hasn't caught up to them yet, but this series it does. Who, Nurkic? Yeah. And now Cantor's apparently hurt too. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, that's not good at all. So what do we make um, of Westbrook now? Are we just Are we just out on him? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've been out on him. I've been out. Well, I don't think he deserved his MVP. That team won 47 games. I've always said you have to be on a team with a top four record in the league to win MVP. So that's by that rule, Harden doesn't even qualify for this year. And, you know, he he barely missed that cut. But still, um, and he shouldn't win it. But whatever. Yeah, I'm. we already said Giannis, so let's not go back to that. But yeah, Westbrook and just the way he ends these games and he just bricks everything to end the game and it's out of control, Russ. It's just, I've had it. We've seen it. How much more times do we have to see it to know what he is? Don't, don't tell me anymore. Oh, this year he's changeable. No, I'm done with it. He um, used to be the guy that gets into everyone else's head. <clears throat> and now everyone gets into his head. He just gets like so just, angry and rabbled. Yeah, yeah. And then he just bricks like six shots. And Lillard him. just, you know... This was not phased at all and outplayed he waved, him. He waved outplayed him. Goodbye, and that was... Lillard, if we had to rank... How do, how do I want to do this ranking? We've been doing some rankings here. Um, <laughs> all right, so let me, let me say this. He's the only active guard... He's one of the few active guards in the NBA to have made first-team All-NBA. That list is Steph Curry, James Harden, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, and Derrick Rose. And if, company. Yeah, and if we're just ranking point guards this decade, are the only point guards ahead of Lillard, Steph Curry, and Chris Paul? Unless yeah. you want to count James Harden as That's, a point guard. That was where my thought was going, but that yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, I don't know if it counts or not. But either way, Lillard's yep. up there, and he's better than Westbrook. And he showed that this that series. That's why. So heading into this series against Denver... I don't. First off, who who's the better player, Lillard or Jokic? Because Jokic, Jokic had a top four record, and he was the only All Star on this team. It was pretty impressive. But Lillard has just been on another level these last couple of games, and I haven't been as impressed 
as Jokic, I feel like a lot of times that Denver team is depending on Jamal Murray. And I know it's different styles of how they play, both Jokic and Lillard. But I just can't trust Jamal Murray uh, in playoff series at this point of his career. Maybe he'll get there. I trust Lillard a lot more. So that's why I actually think Portland's going to win this series. Yeah, and they're pretty hefty underdogs. I just looked before we started talking about this to throw that in there. Yeah. They're like plus 115, you know, Denver minus one or minus 145. So, I mean, obviously people are thinking Jokic is just going to eat down low, yeah. which can happen. But here's the thing. Here's my He question. had that quiet 43-point game six and a yeah. loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my question to you is, is when you boil it down to which guy do you want to win the series for you, Lillard yeah. or Jokic, because, you know, both teams' best players, it's Lillard every time. Yeah. So that's why I think I'm leaning Portland also. I just I know that there's a lot of Jamal Murray with Denver, and you have to count on him. And all these other guys like Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, Will Barton, Gary Harris, I don't trust those guys. And Jokic, you know, he's still feeling out the playoffs and all that. I feel like I trust Lillard and McCollum at this point. Yeah, I feel like I trust them. Those at least a little a more. more than yeah, at least six more. guys you got to deal with on Denver. Yeah. Because you're just hoping for someone else to score on Denver. That's that's kind of where I am with this series. I'm not that excited for it. I, I'm like, I'll be honest. Because I just know whoever wins this series is going to get beat in the West Finals. This is the this Houston Golden State is the real West Finals. I'm so mad it broke this way. The yeah, the brackets. It sucks. They ru- uh what's their faces ruined it. Uh, Denver. Well, Houston could have been the two seed if they had beaten OKC in that final game. Yeah. And Paul George hit a big shot, and then Harden missed, and Houston <laughs> kind of screwed. Yeah, Houston kind of screwed themselves, to be honest with you. Whatever. I don't they, know because they... we talked about this last week or whenever we did. Yeah, that. yeah. Would it be better to do would it, it be quick? Better to play early. Well, the answer is it's not better for the viewer. The answer is just try never to play the Warriors. Because if I have to watch Golden State versus Portland or Gold, first off, Golden State versus Portland, I think the Warriors have swept the Blazers every time they play them in a playoff series, except for maybe one year. Actually, it took them five. Curry was still coming back from injury, but like I think every time they play them, they just destroyed them. I don't want to see them play Denver. Denver just went to seven with a Spurs team. Denver's pretty much the last team you'd want the Warriors to play. That would get bad. I mean, I really wanted somehow to get Warriors OKC, but we'll never see that. No. So terrible. All right, so I like Portland. So we did we on all of our series, uh, we agree, except for uh, the Boston Milwaukee one. Yeah, we gotta disagree eventually. Yeah, that's fine. I uh I'm not gonna go against the Celtics, especially after they won game one. No yeah. no way. And I couldn't backtrack. I'm sticking with. I like their I like their chances heading into the series, though. I didn't feel great about it, but I didn't feel bad about it. And say, oh, I don't know. The team that like real reason to feel bad about it either. The team that scares me the most is Toronto in the East. Yeah, but just because of how good Kawhi's look too. Just because of how good he's looks, Siakam. They'll have home court. They have experience. That's all that. And I don't count any of Toronto's history in the playoffs about choking because that was what that was a completely different coach completely different star player complete different team don't even count it um all right we hit all the NBA stuff we went through it real quick anything else that we didn't touch on maybe a team that got eliminated you want to talk about Utah Orlando anybody no no not really Donovan Mitchell was just very disappointing yeah, he had he had he had his moment last year. He got they got a bad matchup with Houston. I thought they I think they thought they were gonna get Portland, and that would have been a fun series. Yeah. So. But now other than that. Okay. Um, NFL draft real quick. Kyler Murray went number one. I think that was expected, right? Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked how little Arizona got for Josh Allen. This guy was like the tenth pick in the draft the year before. It's not like he was super bad or anything his rookie year. Josh Rosen. Oh, yeah. I you didn't get jo- the guy. Yeah. You said Josh Allen. I, I was like, wait, what? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see, that was my thing is there was a report that came out about that before 
that they waited too long. Which, how are you waiting too long to trade him if you know you're going to take Murray? Yeah, I don't that's know why they didn't get the first round pick. Like, this is not that hard. You need, they should have known earlier on Murray. Like, what, you had to wait till the day of to decide on Kyler Murray? Yeah. <laughs> they knew, they knew who they were taking. Yeah. So then the other two picks were kind of obvious Boza and Williams. Those are probably the two best defense alignment in the draft, right? Yeah. Quentin Williams is really, really fucking good. John Gruden comes out and he just takes, he really reaches for this guy, this Clemson guy. I don't know his name. What's his name? Cleveland Farrell. Yeah. So he really reaches for him. He could have traded back and still got him. Oh, but, he could have definitely traded back and got him. But John Gruden, man, he, uh, he he knows he, when a player has those intangibles, you know. Do you think he has Gruden QB camp for just Gruden camp for uh, you know meeting with uh, potential draft prospects? There's no doubt about it. <laughs> you think he, he does the whole thing? He thinks he knows something that everyone else doesn't. He's a genius. What can you say? Exactly. So there was that, and then the fifth pick, this guy Devin White. Pretty good linebacker, right? I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Went oh, yeah. to uh, Tampa. Linebackers are always good picks. But then the sixth pick. All right, all right. The New York Football <laughs> Giants took a Duke quarterback. Maybe the only Duke player to uh, get drafted by a New York team in 2019. <laughs> that was mean. I mean, that was mean. This guy is the successor to Eli. This guy was everybody. Everybody. I'm took like ninety five percent sure. I'm like ninety five percent sure they took him because he looks like Eli Manning. So I read the thing about how he's the Mannings like him because he played for Duke and David Cotcliffe's the head coach at Duke, who previously was the head coach at Ole Miss when Eli was the quarterback and he was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee when Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Yeah, so I guess the Mannings just run the Giants, which is awesome. You you don't like Daniel Jones. No, and there was that report that came out that I guess made me feel a little bit better about it, that the Redskins were going to take him, so we weren't ever going to get him at 17 anyway, and yada, yada, yada. But What about Haskins? I really don't know why they this didn't team, like him. This team is a mess. They, you know, last year they, were all, they had the number two pick. There was all these other quarterbacks available, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson, right? Yeah, and like I just said about how Gruden thinks he's smarter than everybody, I think Gettleman thinks the same thing. Gettleman might be worse. He just thinks he knows more. Than and then, didn't you guys have three first-round picks? Yeah, we traded into the first round. Uh, so you had, the, you had the one that you used for Daniel Jones, and then the one you got from Cleveland for the Odell Beckham trade, right? Correct. We took Dexter Which, Lawrence out of Clemson. Which, by the way, is like, oh, well, we want to hit the reboot button with this new quarterback and our running back. Well, wouldn't Odell Beckham have been a nice uh, player to have, especially when he's on that big contract? And I don't know. You had him locked up for a couple years, and now you're still like, he still counts against your cap right now. Well, the thing is, is they trade him, draft a quarterback, have that obviously Saquon, and they give money to Golden Tate. And Sterling Shepard. The thing I don't get is how the Giants are so protective of Eli Manning and they want him to whatever, blah, 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 blah. Why does Gettleman, this can't be a Gettleman thing. He has no attachment to Eli. It's not like he, Gettleman was, Gettleman's, this is what, his second, third year? Yeah, and who, like I just said, who runs the Giants. Yeah, so the Maras, this has to come from them, but weren't they okay with Eli being benched when McAdoo did the thing and everybody freaked out? So this is where Giants their minds? fans are. Welcome to my life. Yeah, and we just spent way too much time talking about the Giants. Your franchise is in shambles. Can we leave shambles. it at that? Yes, we'll move yeah. on. Nikhil Harry, though, I'm excited. Yeah, that guy's good. Excited. Yeah, he's Very real excited. Good. Then we got this defensive end. Uh, who was on the phone? I saw that video. He was like, he freaked out. He's like, "This is Massachusetts number. It's the Patriots." <laughs> Don't remember is his it... name, but excited for oh, him. Yeah. You gotta be excited for him. Yeah, he had long hair. That's all that matters. Yeah, like Clay Matthews style. <laughs> I think he was a defensive end. Yeah. Um. All right. Avengers or Thrones? Which one do you want to do first? We can do Avengers since you hated Thrones. 
I hated it. Just all right. So I'm a much bigger Marvel guy than you are, right off the bat, right? Correct. I've seen all 22 of the movies. I've seen probably 11, max. And to me, this was the most satisfying, most emotional, uh, tear-jerking, um, funny, like any adjective you want to use, to, that like pod, positive adjective you want to use to describe something, you could use to describe Avengers Endgame. Like, it was almost a perfect movie in a lot of ways, like in terms of how it was wrapped up, in terms of the battle scenes, in terms of like, you know, there were some moments where it did get a little slow to me, like when they were piecing together the time machine stuff and time travel stuff always gets real dicey and it gets kind of confusing and it doesn't always make for the best plot. Um, but I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. Yeah. And the only thing that sucked was obviously the captain America at the end, just because it just didn't make sense. Yeah. So he's supposed to be on another timeline. Yeah. Which I thought the whole point of the time travel was to not do that, but whatever. Well, they did the a point. good job. They did a good job explaining with the time travel. And I'll, I'll try and break down time travel here real quick. <laughs> um, but if you go back in time and you change something, it doesn't have an impact on the time that you came back from. Because if it did, then how would you have been able to travel back in time to make it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just creates a separate timeline where these things occur. So, oh, should I have thrown out a spoiler alert? I guess we'll throw it out. I didn't really throw it out until I just... I didn't really say anything spoilers until I... If you I, haven't seen Endgame, turn the podcast off. Yeah, I should have said that sooner. <laughs> well, all I did was talk about time travel. We didn't get that much into plot specifics. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big plot point. There's your alert. Whoops. Whatever. Are I going back? To, no, screw it. We're, no, we're, we're, we're on here. the path. We're, we're here. on the path. You should have seen it anyways. It's the biggest movie ever. <laughs> uh, like, I'm sorry. But, yeah, so, I don't know. I think they did a good job with the time travel. And then the final battle. You know, there were all these little Easter eggs that, like, people who have watched all the movies like me caught. So, have you seen Captain America Winter Soldier? I have not. So, there's this scene when, like, Captain America, at the very beginning, he's running in this park. And Sam, the Falcon's also running in the park. And Captain America keeps lapping him because he's obviously much more fit than him. And every time he laps him in the park, he says, on your left, on your left, when he comes around him. And that's what Sam said when they all entered the battle. He said, on your left, Cap. Oh, yeah. Another Easter egg. Did you know when he, Cap America, took the hammer and said, Avengers, assemble? Yeah. That was the only time Avengers, assemble has been said in an Avengers movie, or in a Marvel movie. Really? Or in the MCU, yeah. Wow. No, I did not know that. Yeah. That's why but I mentioned when when we saw the movie. I mentioned afterwards to uh, Matt and Stu that they did a good job, like uh, for the casual fan also of like having all like the cool little things that you would remember from yeah from like the other movies. And yeah. one of the one of the things the I just Iron Man in general they threw a lot of like throwbacks for him. Well, the I am Iron Man. Exactly. Yeah. And then the cheeseburger thing. Did you catch that with his yeah. daughter? Mm-hmm. Because as soon as he got back from the cave, he told Happy right away. He's like, I want a cheeseburger. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they did a good job for the casual fan. And obviously, like you saying, for the you know hardcore fan. Well, it's all it's all about those little Easter eggs. And then it, the, the movie had emotional depth to it with main characters actually dying. Like two out of the original six Avengers died. Yeah. That so sad. And then everybody of the original six kind of had their story wrapped up. You know, obviously Black Widow and Iron Man died. Uh, Cap got to live his life the way he, uh, you know, not the way he wanted, but like the, you know, the domesticated life, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Hawkeye reunited with his family. Hulk was able to. Hulk didn't like go through any changes in this movie like the movie started and it was just like oh i fixed it all for myself like he didn't like go through any problems in this movie you know what i mean <laughs> yeah he was just like i'm good with being the hulk now it's pretty and awesome thor at the end of infinity war was the probably the strongest avenger or strongest member of the team at that point 
and he just went to being washed in this one. Yeah, I that, I did like that about about him though. How they made him washed? Yeah, I I, just, I thought it was funny. The how, one thing I liked he was, was just so distraught about not being able to kill him. How the two main characters were always uh, Tony and Cap, right? Always. And they both kind of did what the other was always meant to do. Tony always talked about. He talked about this at the and the at the end of Age of Ultron. He said how he wanted to go build Pepper a farm, simple life, blah blah blah. And he told Cap, "You'll get there someday." And Cap was like, "I don't know." The man who wanted all that went into the ice seventy years ago. Somebody else came out. Mm-hmm. So it was like. And then in the first Avengers, Cap told Tony he's not the type of guy who would lay down on the wire and like, you know, he's, he's selfish. And Tony actually went out. He did put himself on the wire when he snapped his fingers and uh, took the fall, literally gave his life for them. And Cap was able to learn from Tony and have that life, uh, have a wife, have a family, maybe. I don't know the extent of it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they, like like we keep saying, they just they always do such a good job with the tying it all together and and stuff like that. So yeah, like you said, it was a basically a perfect movie. So we're almost at an hour. Yeah, it was really satisfying. Sad to see it end. Like today, I was just like, I texted uh, I texted Devin today. I was like, dude, I'm just sad. Like it's over. I feel like they're gonna make more. Well, they are, but like this iteration, it's over. Yeah, I feel so, like. Th- There'll be a couple people that come back, though. Yeah, but the main ones, I mean, Black Widow's dead, Cap's yeah. old, Iron Man's dead, Hawkeye's probably done, uh, Hulk has one arm now, and Thor's washed. So, um, All right, so Thrones. We got a couple minutes for this. Um, the big battle, Battle of Winterfell, went down. I didn't enjoy it as much as some others did. Like It was a very fun battle, I like my episodes with battle and some plot stuff. Like, I thought I would have liked, like, a little bit more reveal. Like, what the Night King was planning on doing exactly with Bran. I know how he said, like, Bran's the Bran said this in the last episode. How he's, like, the memory of this world. And the Night King wants to get rid of it all. I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was building up towards something when he warged. And it was all the ravens. I thought something was going to come. And then I was expecting, like... I don't know, I was expecting more of a big fight with the Night King, like maybe an aerial fight with the dragons, which there was a little bit of that, but not too much. And then for it to just end with Arya literally coming out of nowhere, like, I don't even know what she jumped off of. Like, did not any of the White Walkers not think to maybe, like, stab this girl as she's running? Yeah, that was one thing that I didn't understand is because there was, like, that gust of wind or something that the one guy saw. Like, where did she just fly she, out of nowhere? Did she or did jump she, like, off of something? Like, Or did she do her, like, many-face god thing? To, like, so I thought that maybe somehow, I don't even know how it would have happened, but she was actually using Bran's face. But then again, she actually has to kill the people to take their face, right? See, that's that's where I didn't know. I thought she was going to be, like, Theon and then came out of nowhere. I didn't get it at all. And Theon just had to die for no reason, I guess. <laughs> that was one of, like, the worst fights. He just, like, charged right at him, got destroyed, and yeah. was just dead. He, like, literally died for no reason. <laughs> no reason. Like, Jorah, like, he went his death, like, it, it, you know, you felt it. You're like, he protected Daenerys. It's what he always was doing, and, you know, there was there was reason behind it. With Theon, it was just like, I mean, my dude, yeah, you don't need don't, to, uh... You don't have to charge at him. Don't be a hero. Yeah. Um, but no, she like came out of nowhere and then stabbed him. And then, you know, he had her in the chokehold and then she dropped the, uh, the, drop the dagger. Yeah. She dropped it and caught it with her other hand and then stabbed him that way. That was pretty cool. Well, they do the after Thrones thing where the directors and the writers and stuff talk about what happened. Yeah. And supposedly for three years, they've had it planned that she was going to kill him. Oh yeah. And so they had him. Or had her stab him in the spot where it all started with the kids back in the day. Like, when they did it, that's where they first stabbed him or something. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And so there was, like, a bunch of big plot things. That's why I was watching it afterwards. And So, like, their big things with the Easter egg in the background, too, is just 
from like the beginning seasons is you got to remember stuff and no one ever does. And that's why I think this, this episode was a lot better than it. I guess you would think. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought like the Arya thing came out of nowhere. Like she had the talk with Melisandre or whatever. And she's like, not today or, and then she just disappeared and then comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I guess I don't that's know. where she disappeared too. Yeah. But like, it was just, I don't know. So let's, who's the death count? Let's see. Like from main characters, from people whose names we would know. Dion Edison, count. Dion, Jorah, the Night King, yep. uh, Ed, Edison Tolet, the guy, you know, the dude from the Night's Watch, yeah, John yeah, and yeah. Sam's friend, yeah, gets yeah. stabbed right after he uh, saved Sam. Beric died. Uh, I get nobody really like big, you know, big died. Oh, Beric died. Liana Mormont. Wait, which one's Beric? Beric's the guy with the fire sword. He's yeah, friends with the guy, hound. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. Liana Mormont died. That was awesome. How she went out killing yep. a giant. Yep. No, Jorah's big. Jorah and Theon are pretty big characters. Yeah, that's true. Theon, just terrible way to die. So now that Theon's dead, has his redemption arc been completely uh, redeemed, I guess? I don't know what the word is. I mean, I guess because he died defending Bran, who he faced. Yeah, but he died for no reason. None. Like, Unless that was the plan. But there's no way that was the plan. Yeah. Just, at all. He just died for no reason. It wasn't even a fight. He just missed and then got stabbed. Like, what did he th- like? Why wouldn't you just throw your spear? I don't know. Or do anything other than what you did. I love how John didn't even get a chance with the Night King. How he just heard him and was like raised all him. He's like, yeah, bye. Yeah, I don't have, have fun. To, I don't have to deal with you, buddy. Yeah, dude, he had better that, things to do. My favorite tweet I saw was uh, after Daenerys had uh, Drogon blow fire on the Night King, um, and then he just kind of like smirked at her. My favorite tweet was uh, the Night King just had the same expression as Damien Lillard after hitting that buzzer beater. <laughs> I This could be a bad take, and I know we're getting into Thrones here. That oh, felt... I didn't throw the spoiler alert for Thrones yeah, either. Whatever. If you didn't watch Thrones, then <laughs> you suck. Um, well, do I have to throw spoiler alerts for Warriors Rockets game one? <laughs> I, mean... I would hope not. But that felt rushed to me. Like what? That that episode. It just like you said, there was no backstory with the the Night King. It was like, did they did Cersei just know they were gonna win this whole time? Like, I felt like we should have known more, and there should have been like a bigger plan. Like, what was there? Like, what was the deal with the dragons? They were just like in the air and couldn't see anything. Like that's what it was. You just had your vision impaired. You didn't have windshield wipers on your dragon. Speaking of which, I couldn't see shit either half the time. Like, Did you that, watch in the dark? That yeah, that episode was tough. Tough watch. Yeah, it ju- it was jumpy. Yeah, but like the dragons, I don't know. I didn't. Uh... And then oh, what happened to John's wolf? Like it was standing right next to Jorah, and it charged with him and the Dothraki. And then Jorah comes back. I don't. I didn't see the wolf come back. What happened to Ghost? Yeah, and Ghost will always be there. That was one cool thing. About that episode, though, when the Dothraki ran in and then their fire swords just went away. They all got destroyed. Like, I, Killed. I, I can't believe Grey Worm survived. I thought he was a goner, especially last week when him and uh, Masande, they were talking about how, like, oh, once this is over, we're going to have that nice life on the beach. Yeah, he's going to die somehow still. Well, there's still the battle, the upcoming battle with Cersei. Yep. See, I thought... Uh, Tyrion and Sansa were just gonna like kill themselves down there. Yeah, I didn't get that. Like, were they gonna kiss? Like, I, I didn't that was getting a bit much for me. I didn't understand what was going on there. Yeah, I didn't like that. And then she said it would have never worked between us. Like, you guys were a forced marriage. It was it's like no shit. Well, you guys, you guys didn't even like each other, did you? <laughs> like, you guys didn't want to be no, married. He, he was always nice to her. And like yeah, but there was like, a, was... is there a gigantic age gap between them? I mean, yeah. I think he's at least twenty-five years older than her. <laughs> like, let's uh, not leave that part out. 
I mean, all things are thrown out the window in this show. Yeah. So that was fun. Now, next up, I think next episode is going to be uh, really good because now we're obviously there's going to be the plot for Cersei. Now, John and Daenerys are going to have to, you know, deal with the news that John's actually Targaryen. They're so do going... you think it's just over with the Night King and I the don't. walkers and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is over. Because Bran, you know, Bran has gone on this big mission and all that stuff, blah, 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 and... He didn't do shit. He hasn't done anything in terms of plot movement. Like, yeah, he found out the truth about John's parentage, but Sam did a big part of that, too, and I don't know. I don't feel like Bran's done much to advance the plot, is all I'm trying to say. I agree. So I feel like that's not over, and there's something else to come. Well, Bran, the Night King theory... Here's the thing. I don't like to read theories that much, because I think they can kind of ruin stuff for you. I read the John with the Lyanna Stark, Rhaegar thing, and then when it happened, I just wasn't that impressed. I'm like, I should have never read this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been so much cooler to find out. So that's why I stopped reading theories, but you obviously hear them every once in a while, and it's fine. It's not like a theory is a spoiler. Um, But there's this theory, Brands the Night King, and I don't know what the theory is. All I know is Brands the Night King is the theory, and Brand kind of does look like the Night King. Yeah, he uh, does. It's really weird. And I don't know how he is or how he isn't the Night King, but that's the way that this isn't over yet with the White Walkers and the dead, you know? Yeah, there's no way it's over. It ended way too quick. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's over. Um, my other favorite tweet, I told you about this before we started, was somebody tweeted, not going to tell other people how to run the battle, uh, but I would uh, ISO the dragons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's the thing about Thrones. I think you said this before. It was like people get pissed off when you live tweet it. It's like, I mean, that... Those tweets are the best when the live tweet. What am I supposed to? I just so I can't tweet about the Warriors Rockets game because I don't know who was watching it or who. No, no, you're not allowed. Yeah, I at first I like was one of those people who was like, oh, why are you guys tweeting about the new running around? I'm like, you know what? No, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and he, the Night King, ate that dragon fire. Like it was. Yeah, wild. it reminded me of uh, Star Wars: Last Jedi. When they like fired a thousand times at Luke and he just stood there and dusted yeah. off his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I would say that there's there, but... the White Walker Night King thing not over, but I guess we'll. Yeah, play. I don't think it's over. I think it's actually far from over. But now we got the thing. Now we're back to actually what matters the throne. Living politics and stuff. Yeah, which to be honest is kind of always been more interesting to me that as more so than this battle with the dead because me too I'm, I'm, it's much more interesting it's more interesting from like a philosophical level because this was just always all right these are dead people they're trying to kill us let's kill them so we don't die it was like okay pretty simple but it's not that interesting you know what i mean yeah that's like why i'm hoping there was going to be some reveal with the night king and his motives and intention because the thing is with villains you know, villains are always more interesting than heroes. And the reason they are is we want to know what their motive is, right? So with the Night King, he's just like this evil-looking guy who wants to kill everything and bring it back to life. That's not really interesting. Yeah, it's just, what is he? Just, he just wants to kill everyone? Like, Thanos was interesting because he had a motive, and there was a reason behind his motive. He, it was came from personal stuff, and that's why he wanted to do it. Um... Night King is just, I didn't see, it didn't interest me. To be honest, it didn't. No, that's another reason why I think it's not over. So, there we go. There's your Thrones recap. So, alright, we did it a little over an hour. We hit uh, NBA playoffs, the NFL draft, Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame. We did it all. We what literally, a weekend. What a weekend. I mean, we'll get to do it all over again next weekend, minus the draft and minus the uh, Avengers Endgame, but still. Still, still got the uh, four. Still got the Thrones for what? Another three weeks. Three more weeks, yeah. Good, 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 good. Uh, NBA playoffs still month and a half more of this. So month and a half to uh, find out Durant's a New York Nick. Yeah, honestly, like once the playoffs are over, that's when I think this podcast is gonna get better. 
Not to say it's not great now, you know. I mean, oh yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But on that note, uh, we'll sign off till next week. So let's go back to Sunday night because I think that's the best, and we'll do it right after the Thrones. Get the recap. The Thrones. The Thrones. We'll get the recap. We'll have the games. Now we won't have any more of those late ten thirty games since uh, you know, there's less series now, less games to be played. Thank God. Yeah. First round, a uh, little too long. A little ridiculous. A little, yeah, a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Thanks uh, for calling in. Uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Peace.